What is law? Why do we enforce it? Why do we care? As we've seen all throughout history, when culture tries to redefine right and wrong, chaos ensues, culture collapses, and for a time, evil overtakes. The Roman Empire, Greek Empire, Nazis, communism, the examples are endless. Humanity tries again and again to rebel against what we know is right and good. But why? How is there a never-changing system of right and wrong that binds all of mankind? My thesis? Because God made it that way. He created it. He governs it. He's called us to live by it, uphold it, and teach it to others, thus making us ambassadors of his law, or deputies of Christ. Alrighty, good morning. Oh, I forgot to get coffee. Hold on a second. I should probably edit this out, but I won't because I'm lazy. And I'm in a time crunch today, so fun stuff. You just get to listen to me go and get my coffee. Alrighty, I'm back. So let's get this party rolling here. Good morning, all. It's been a little while unfortunately. Um, but we are here again. I was only about 90% ready when I started that recording. Okay, so today I'm going to jump into a little topic we haven't talked about in a little while and then tie it in with everybody's favorite topic, drugs, at the end of the show. And that'll be the show for today. So um, anything going on in my life? Let's see here. Not really. Work's pretty steady. I'm coming off a three-day weekend. Excuse me, which means I should not be yawning, but here I go. Uh, coming off three-day weekend, which was nice. Got to go to church yesterday. Works good. It's steady. Making some good connections. Good good friends with people in the department. New sheriff is making some changes in the department. All, all good. He's doing some good stuff that I think will be good for us long term. And other than that, we're just kind of living life. My test day is this Saturday. Um, I've got my physical test I have to do, and then I have to take an ethics test. It's a multiple choice. It's not real difficult, so I'm not real worried about that. I'm glad I don't have to take the TABE test like I did last year. The, um, I forget what it's called. Basically, it's like a glorified ACT, but once you take it once, it's good for life, so that's awesome. And that's that. So that's really honestly all that's going on in my life, just kind of living it. And now moving on. Oh, good stuff. Um, so this show is going to be a little interesting because I'm going to break some stereotypes and take a very non-traditional stance on a couple things. But that's fun. So here we go. It's been a little while since we've talked about preventative justice. So let's dump, jump into that a little bit. First off, what is it? Uh, basically, if I was to really tone it down. I usually look up the definitions on stuff like this. Let me, maybe I'll do that real quick. I guarantee it's what I was about to say anyway. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not what we're looking for. Yeah, the system of measures taken by government with reference to direct prevention of crime that I was just going to say punishing a crime before it happens because that's really what it is so <clears throat> act of punishing a crime before it happens or trying to stop a crime before it happens um and this is everywhere oh, lovely 
Hello? Hi. Okay. I'm back. I went ahead and cut out the phone call. I didn't think y'all would want to hear that. So, sorry about that. Um, and usually I'll edit all this stuff out, but I don't know. I might not. Sometimes I'm just like, you know what? It's life, and y'all can just listen to it if you want to. Which kind of sounds lazy when I say it like that, but interesting. Okay. So, where were we? We were talking about preventative justice, what it is. Um, so, act of punishing a crime before it happens. This is... Are you done, Bird? Thank you. Uh, this is all throughout our criminal justice system. Um, I mean, everything... A car t- or a traffic ticket, a uh, gun regulation, anything with TSA. It's anything that is not wrong in and of itself, but it's enacted to try and prevent a greater wrong from happening. So a ticket is to stop a car crash. Gun regulations are to attempt to stop gun violence. TSA is to be an annoyance in our lives. Um, I mean, uh, to... Uh, secure the airway travel anyway that's what it is it's the act of stop trying to stop evil before it happens now why is it wrong well at its heart it is no different than any other issue with government these days um push for abortion the government's attempted control over the family through removal of children or having to license your marriage through the state and then the government's push for especially the government's push for control over the church um in other words it is the state saying that it is God and it can do what it wants because it does not uh, respect that there is a authority above itself that is the end-all be-all. Obviously, only God can make laws to define what is right and wrong, thankfully, and therefore the act of what, what God has given the government the right to do to punish when there is something that happens, somebody's fault, somebody shoots somebody, somebody's negligent and hits somebody's car and injures someone, um, anything like anything that's actually wrong, actually a crime defined by God. That's what the government can punish. The government cannot take further steps to attempt to prevent what has happened. That is not within the government's role and jurisdiction. That's tyranny by definition. And before I go, let me clarify one point because I did. There was one point here that I've thought about a lot, and um, people are very opinionated on it for good reason. But I kind of made it sound weird when I said that that way. So when I said the government's removal of children, does the government have the right to remove children from home? I don't think they do. And here's what I mean by that. I'm not saying that children should just be abandoned in bad homes and bad situations, but it's not the government's role to step in. The way God that the way that God has designed the system is that when there's some abusive situation or some situation where the children are not safe, it should be, first of all, the extended family's role to step in. Then it should be the church's role to step in if they are part of a church community. Then it should be the individual's role as just a human being seeing another human being injured. And that's not a forceful taking, but it is a protection of that child doing something. There are things to do, but it's not the government. Lastly, it's the government's role. And really, it's not so much the government as it is the government acting as a group of individuals. So basically, not the government. Now, of course, if there's an active abuse or physical harm situation being done, then yes, that's a crime. Something wrong has been done there. Then the government should step in and deal with the crime. And as part of that, remove the children from the house. 
but it doesn't end there. They don't become wards of the state or put under state's protection or go to CPS. That's when they immediately give the children to the first available entity on the above list. If there's family around that they can give the children to for the time being, um, if a church comes, if their church comes up, they can give them to uh, a church family or next door neighbors like, hey, I can watch the kids for a couple days while this gets sorted out. There are things to do, but becoming a ward of the state never ends well. That is a disastrous system. Yes, I'm opinionated. I just spoke very strongly on that. And like I already mentioned, this affects that. That's all I'm going to clarify for that. That was my little little statement there. It is yes, there is wrong that's done, but that this is the one way where culture today is just accepted that it's the government's responsibility and everything. When we need help, we just call the government. There are things that the government does that is not the government's role, and that is definitely. I think that is definitely one of them. Protecting protecting children from crime, as in. Um, somebody is actively abusing a child yes that's the government's rule but having a child in a bad situation that's not necessarily the government's rule to step in and, and fix that is a church entity um or family entity or church or family responsibility okay so next i already kind of discussed this but how does it affect our criminal justice system today literally every way um, the laws we have are all based on the preventative side, not the restorative side. There's very little restorative left in our system. Um, how we enforce those laws and then the punishments for those laws, when you have a preventative system and you don't have a solid crime that they've committed to punish them for, then you don't have, you can't hold them to a biblical standard. So then we have things like the prison system, which is completely unjust and a disaster. Um, it doesn't solve it, it. It first off, it's a burden on the people. It's a burden to the people that they're supposed to protect by putting them in prison. Now we have to feed and shelter them. Um, they're not being or giving. They're not paying back the wrong that they've done to individuals, not to society, to individuals. They are not really being reformed. That system rarely works. Sometimes it does, but. I would go to say that that's not anything that the state does. That's something that God works in their heart. And it's just ineffective. It's a burden. Um, it's a disaster. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of uh, continued wrong going on inside the cell. But at its base, it's just not true justice, which is the entire point of the justice system. I've, spoke, I've talked about that before. So what's the alternative to this now that I've gotten all over the loomy gloomy news for the day? Um, it is the, I believe, the restorative justice system, aka the biblical system. We've already talked about this in some shows, so if you want to go learn about that, go back to there. We'll talk about it in depth, but I'm going to give like three examples. Um, first of all, and these are three pretty important ones. First of all, Adam and Eve's sin in the garden. Adam and Eve did the first sin, first human sin. Um, rebellion against God and ended up cursing all of creation, bringing death into the world, um, completely um, obliterating the uh, world God had made, throwing it into chaos, and we've been living with that chaos for 6,000 years. So, why did God not enact preventative justice? God is the only one who can truly enact preventative justice because only he knows the, 
do that. Only he knows the intentions of man's heart and can truly act perfectly just. He can see the future. He planned the future. So he is the only person who could actually legitimately enact a preventative justice system. And yet even God did not enact a preventative justice. God waited for Adam and Eve to sin. He confronted them with their sin and then he punished them accordingly. And that resulted in how we live now today. Which, allowing the discussion of why God allowed sin into the world is a whole different topic, but I don't want to get into that today. So we're not going to. So there's our first example, and that's a pretty darn big one. The existence of sin itself was handled in a restorative justice way. Next, Tower of Babel. Not sure why I put this one in there, but um, people plotted and schemed and built a tower. Don't really know how long they were building a tower, but... Um, they had time to get together and plan and build this tower. God knew the intentions of their hearts. He knew the actions that they were doing, and he let them actually begin constructing the tower. And then he stepped down and confused their language and caused that whole disaster. Now, that one's not quite as clear-cut because that also did achieve the ends God wanted of forcing them to uh, spread through the earth by confusing their languages, but he could have confused their languages before they started to build the Tower of Babel. So, Again, God's acting in a restorative justice manner, not a preventative justice manner. And then the third and final example I'll give is the biggest and most obvious is Christ on the cross. God once again used restorative justice um, when he is the only one who could have used preventative justice and waited, let man, let Adam and Eve sin, let thousands of years follow before he sent his son to the earth and then let his son die to forgive his sins. God knew all the way back when he let Adam, or when Adam and Eve sinned that the only way to right this wrong would be to sacrifice himself on the cross. He knew that. He was fully aware of that. He planned that. That's the way he wanted this to go. He did not do preventative justice. He believes in a restorative justice system. That's what he's set up. That's what's right and perfectly just and true. Therefore, why in the world, excuse me, why in the world would it be any different for us lowly humans than for God Almighty? <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, so that's my little preventative justice talk. Um, if Again, if you want to know, I did a whole show on preventative versus restorative justice a while ago. You can go look it up. But that's my little intro. So now let's tie in something else. This is where I'm going to get a little spicy and uh, disagreeing with some stereotypes and ways that law enforcement actually works nowadays. And that is narcotics, or i.e. drugs. Um, narcotics is the second largest criminal industry in the world, as well as in the U.S. It's beat only by human trafficking. Uh, I had the numbers, I don't remember them. Um, but globally, human trafficking last year was, or last year, maybe it was 2020, was a, was it 100, I think $180 billion industry is what I, what I read. And in the U.S., drug, tra drug trafficking was about $80 billion. If I remember, I might be a little off on those numbers. But it's a huge industry, and it's only growing. And I will also say that those two are definitely related 100% of the time. That's the thing about drugs. I learned all kinds of fun stuff in Academy. That's the thing about drugs is drugs are never done by themselves. As my Academy director would like to say, um, it is impossible to find one crime that is not related to drugs in some fashion. Uh, 
and human trafficking is definitely one of them. Human trafficking, that's a whole other show talking about exactly what that is today. And it's an important topic. People need to understand what human trafficking is. It's not the um, stereotype, what you think of, you know, people chained into little abandoned hotel rooms. It's, it's all about control and uh, manipulation. So anyway, but those two drugs are heavily, heavily, heavily used in human trafficking. Um, whether you're talking MDMAs or date rape drugs, as they're called, um, or you're more common just getting people hooked on meth and marijuana um, and then taking advantage of them when they're under the influence, whatever it is. It's not okay, and I'm not at all justifying that act in what I'm saying here, but um, what was I going? Where was I going with this? Oh, I was saying that, that my academy director would always love to say that um, you cannot find one crime that is not related to drug use. I mean, anything from uh, your typical DUI to hijacking a car to um, robbery, um, child pornography. I mean, literally everything has drugs involved in it. And I don't know. I don't agree with entirely how we handled the drug situation. And obviously, obviously I'm an expert in this because I'm a 21 year old guy who almost was a cop. So what, but here's my, here's my whole argument. What is, what is wrong? What is the wrong that is committed when someone does drugs? What's the crime that's committed? What is the sin in God's eye that is committed? And is it punishable by the civil government? It's damage to their own bodies unless it's used on someone else without consent, at which point it is a crime. Um, it's dangerous dangerous to manufacture. It's dangerous to be around. Um, I mean, all you have to do is go look at some stories about fentanyl. That's one of the strongest and most common drugs on the street right now. And it is insanely powerful. I mean, there there's all kinds of stories out there of cops and even canines um, who stop and do a DUI and, I don't know, their rubber glove gets punctured or something and they touch with their finger they touch some fentanyl powder just white powder and they overdose and die within minutes i mean it is that potent you can absorb it through your skin and one one touch is enough to kill you it's extremely dangerous substance people are dying from it all the time from overdoses and i just recently read that there's now a stronger compound that is 40 times stronger than fentanyl why the heck somebody would want to use something that's 40 times stronger than fentanyl i wouldn't know but i wouldn't know why someone would use fentanyl in the beginning anyway so so it's extremely dangerous to be around. It's a very harmful substance. But honestly, at its root, it's basically just the same as alcohol. It's an intoxicating substance. It's stronger than alcohol, and it does damage unlike alcohol. Um, well, not unlike alcohol. Alcohol can do damage too if not done in proper amounts. But it's an intoxicating substance. It's basically the same thing. So what's the real crime there? There really isn't one. Unless you're doing it to harm somebody or to abuse somebody, you're you're just damaging your own body. Now, you're affecting your ability to uh, think and act. Um, you're, you're inhibiting yourself. And if you then go and commit a crime, well, then you went and committed a crime just like you would have if you were not under the influence, and it gets punished that way. But the act of being under the influence or having these drugs in and of themselves... I don't think that biblically that's a legitimate crime. 
So they're bad for your body, but just like alcohol addiction, I mean, alcohol is not good for you. People have unhealthy results and die from alcohol pretty often, but it's not a crime. So why, why drugs? <clears throat> and it all boils down to, once again, what I said earlier, sorry, I had to sip some coffee. The government's job is not to protect the people from themselves. The government's job is not to be uh, the parent and watch over its children, as stupid as they sometimes are, and protect them from themselves. It is to protect them from, as in, when somebody does something against somebody else, that's when you protect them against, protect, excuse me, protect someone against something else in the form of a crime. I said that kind of sloppily. The government's job is to protect somebody against someone else when a crime is committed against them. Now, do I believe that it's morally wrong to do drugs? I do believe it's morally wrong. I don't think that that's right. But, um, oh, I kind of jumped ahead there. Uh, law, but it's not law enforcement's job to step in and protect somebody against themselves. Unless, the, the one exception I can think of is um, a suicide situation uh, someone that's vowing to do harm to themselves, which honestly we would, I mean, and it's not just law enforcement at that point, everybody would have a responsibility to step in and try and stop that. But that's also a sticky spot because there's only so much that law enforcement can do without break. There's still, there's still a person. So there's only so much that law enforcement can do without breaking their constitutional rights. Uh, as horrible as it is, if they want to hurt themselves, but they have not given us, given law enforcement legal authority to enter their house, and law enforcement has no um, no reason to enter the house other than this person is injuring themselves intentionally. That's not always, there's not always a reason that law enforcement can get in there and stop them. Sometimes you just have to be there in case they want help and be there to enact if you can. It's a very sticky situation. Those are never, ever easy things to respond to. But if something is illegal, but my other point is if something is illegal while under the influence and it's a crime, then it's just as illegal if they're not under the influence. It's still a crime. If you're reckless driving and run into somebody while you're drunk, well, if you're reckless driving and running into somebody when you're not drunk, it's still a crime. Nothing's changed there. It's just that you inhibited your own ability to think. So what do I think of narcotics units? This is a pretty big thing in a lot of law enforcement agencies, um, ours included in, in my area. And this is a tricky one because while I do hold to the standard, I'm not saying that people who do drugs are just your friendly neighborhood people and they're innocent. People don't just do drugs. Drugs are done... That was... Well, that was a good way to put it is another thing that I heard in Academy that drugs are a gateway to all kinds of other crime. And this, this is where I contradict myself. This is where I have a hard time straightening this out because no, I don't believe that in and of themselves drugs are wrong. I believe they're morally wrong, but I don't, I don't think they're a crime. I'm not convinced of that. So it's hard for me to justify something like a narcotics unit, but narcotics units are used a lot in tracking other things because these people that are 
doing heavy amounts of drugs or trafficking heavy amounts of drugs are also trafficking other things that legit are illegal. They're doing other things that are not that are legit crimes, and the drugs is just the easiest way to track them. So that, that hmm, it's hard for me to do this because I do just contradict myself. I don't know how to say this cleanly. It's just hard. I don't agree with it, but it's not on my immediate. If I could stop something today, that would not be the thing that I would stop. So there you go. There's my my little view on. Narcotics, and I or not, excuse me, on narcotics, and I will actually touch on alcohol too because I did kind of touch on it, especially when I started talking about DUIs. I think that DUIs are the same way. Um, driving under influence is awful and horrible, and this actually gets into a different conversation. But let's see how much time I have left. Maybe I have a little bit of time to just ch chat. Look at that, twenty-five minutes. I got like five minutes left. So. I do not agree, I also do not agree, that drunk driving is a crime. Um, they haven't done anything wrong. They had a little too much to drink, or a lot too much to drink, and they're going home. Now, if they run off the road and kill somebody, then that's murder. Um, but, well, that wouldn't be premeditated, it wouldn't be murder, but it would be manslaughter. Um, it's still a crime, that's still their fault for murder, and we don't have a death penalty, but at that point they would still be deserving of the death penalty because of their negligence. But uh, I'm also not saying that DUIs are not a bad thing because this goes into, I don't think the government should be able to punish you for this. I don't think it should be a criminal offense, but I would also, I also don't believe the government should own the roads, which is a whole other, I think I've gotten into that before. Maybe I haven't. Um, I think the road should be privatized. I don't think the government has any constitutional or biblical duty to own and maintain a transportation for the people. Um, that should be a private industry, and I would absolutely support a private industry, um, a company owning the roads and setting a limit, like BAC 0.08. Hey, I'm fine with that. That works. Um, and if you're caught over that, have your license suspended and not able to drive for whatever. Um, if you sign, I mean, when you sign your license, you're signed to receive your license, you're signing onto, excuse me, that you agree to the rules of the road. And if they have something in there that, you know, if you're caught drunk driving, you pay, I don't know, $20 million. I'm making that up. But there's other things that they can do that are not a criminal offense. It's just a breach of contract. Um, and it would still hurt, and it would still, I think it would still work prevention just as well as a DUI does. Um, but it would not be a crime, because it's not a crime. Same thing with just traffic tickets. Um, a lot of people I know are just like, oh, traffic tickets are horrible. They're the worst thing in the world. Government has no right. And I'm like, yes, the government has no right. But also, the government has no right to own the roads. But if we didn't have any kind of uh, rules of the road about the road, then the roads would just be chaos like they are overseas. Um, and somehow it works over there. I don't know how it works over there, but somehow it does. But that's not the system we have. Our system is better because it's actually organized and enforced rule rules. So let's keep it that way. So yes, the government shouldn't own the roads. It should be privatized. But also I would hope that privatized company has rules of the road that are punishable. So you're kind of trying to stop you're trying to plug the valve without stopping the water flow, plug the leak without stopping the water flow there. The greater wrong is that the government owns the roads or yeah, not that the government gives out tickets. So I don't really care. I have no problem giving out tickets because at the, I don't like that the government owns the roads, but at the moment they do. Therefore somebody has to do this job. That's my justification for it. So, and I think I've talked about that in the past too. There's a lot of this show I've already talked about. 
But that's that. I'm going to do some heavy editing on this because I had a lot of stuttering over myself. And uh, that's that. So um, I do, I know it's been a while. It's been like three weeks since I put the last show out and I am do apologize for that. I had a busy life. Um, but I do actually have the next show already partially written. I'm still working on it. It's got a lot to chew. It's going to be interesting. So hopefully that'll come out here next two weeks. Um, but we'll see how that goes. So that's my show for today. What am I at? 29 minutes, 19 seconds. Boom, I'm good. Um, that's my show for the day. Uh, have a good week. And I will talk to you all next time. My friends, evil never rests. But praise be that our never-resting king and commander is leading the way. This being the case, it's our job to follow. He's promised us that the blows life gives will never be too much to take, and he will never refuse our cry for help. But life is no cakewalk. We must therefore put on his strength, take up our cross, and follow him, taking back every area of government for his glory. Family, church, state, and self must bow the knee to Christ. Christ is our prophet, our priest, and our king, and we are his sheep, his soldiers, and his deputies. <laughs>